Hello everybody and welcome back to my channel. So today I want to talk about Odin, the father of gods and men. He can be referred to as Odin, Odin, Wotan, or Woden. He is known as the highest and holiest god of the northern races. He was the all-pervading spirit of the universe and the personification of air. He is also known as the god of wisdom and victory and is the leader and protector of princes and heroes. He was surnamed Allfather. He occupies the highest seat in Asgard. Known by the name Hlithskjalf, this chair was not only an exalted throne, but a mighty watchtower from whence he could overlook the whole world and see at a glance all that was happening among gods, giants, elves, dwarves, and men. So this poem is from Baldur Dead. From Hall of Heaven he rode away to Lithskjalf and state upon his throne, the mount from whence his eye surveys the world. And far from heaven he turned his shining orbs to look on Midgard and the earth and men. Okay, so we're going to talk about his personal appearance. So he was a very tall, vigorous man, and he is said to be about 50 years of age, either with dark curling hair or a long gray beard and is bald. He wears a clad suit of gray with a blue hood and his muscular body is enveloped in a wide blue mantle flecked with gray, an emblem of the sky with its fleecy clouds. Um, Odin generally carried the infallible spear, Gunnir, I think it is, which was sacred. Okay, so the thing about Gunnir, um, it, it's so sacred that an oath sworn upon its point could never be broken. Um, Odin also wore rings as well. He wore the marvelous ring, Dropnir. It's the emblem of fruitfulness, and it's precious beyond compare. Um, Odin had wore an eagle helmet as well, um, but when he wandered peacefully on Earth as a human, he um, was able to see what what they were up to. He usually would wear a broad-brimmed hat drawn low over his forehead to conceal the fact that he possessed only one eye. He had two ravens named Hunin, which is thought, and Munin, which is memory. They usually would sit upon his shoulders when he was on his throne. And uh, he would send them out every morning 
And then when they would return at nightfall, they would whisper and tell him news of all the things they've seen and heard. So he was pretty well informed about everything that was happening on earth. So here's a poem from the Norse mythology, uh, R.B. Anderson. It's Hunin and Munin fly each day over the spacious earth. I fear for Hunin that he come not back, yet more anxious am I for Munin. So his next creatures that we're going to uh, talk about are his wolves or his hunting hounds, Giri and Freki. They were considered sacred to him as well and was considered a good omen if you met them. So Odin didn't need to eat, so whatever meat that was set before him, he would give to his wolves. Of course, he didn't really taste much uh, except for the sacred mead. Giri and Freki, the war won't states, the triumphant sire of hosts, but on wine only, the famed in arms, Odin ever lives. That was the poem, Lay of Grimnir, and that was Thorpe's translation. Okay, so this next topic is pretty popular. It's Valhalla. So he has many palaces, and Valhalla happens to be one of them. It had 540 doors, wide enough to allow passage of 800 warriors. Above the gate, it has a boar's head and an eagle whose piercing glance penetrates the four corners of the world. The walls were fashioned of glittering spears, and they were so highly polished that they illuminated the hall. The roof was of golden shields, and the long tables for the Einhrir, warriors fallen in battle, who were specifically favored by Odin. So, this poem comes from Lay of Grimnir in Thorpe's translation. Easily to be known is by those who to Odin come, the mansion by its aspect, its roof with spears is laid, its hall with shields is decked, with corslets are its benches strewed. So anybody who gets into Valhalla was considered courageous and they tend to worship Odin principally as god of battle and victory. They believed that whatever fight was impending he would set out his special attendants the Valkyrs or the Valkyries, choosers of the slain. They would select one half of their number it was considered an honor to die in battle as opposed to dying of old age or an illness. So the Valkyrs or Valkyries would ride their steeds over a rainbow bridge called Bifrost into Valhalla. 
and that was where they were welcomed by Odin's sons, Hermund and Bracki. The heroes were conducted to the foot of the throne, where they received praise due to their valor. Sometimes when some special or favorite of the god was brought into Asgard, Odin would personally greet that warrior at the great entrance gate. After the warriors were picked and they were in Valhalla, then the Feast of Heroes would begin. It gets interesting here because um, there's the boar, Sehrimnir, who every night gets killed and comes back to life. And then it's like they start over again. The warriors would also fight and uh, basically reenact their greatest feat while they're drinking mead and feasting on Seyrimnir. Um, he also had a she-goat named Hidran, who, who liked to feast upon the tender leaves and twigs on Lorard, Yidrasil's topmost branch. The Inhrir feasted upon the flesh of the boar, Sehrimnir, and he was a marvelous beast, daily slain by the cook, Enthrymnir. Enthrymnir had a cauldron named Eldhrymnir. So all of Odin's guests had big appetites and gorged a lot on the meat, which was plenty for all. So this is a tongue-twisting poem, and it's from Leia of Grimnir. Uh, Anderson's version. And Hrimnir cooks in Eldhrimnir. Say Hrimnir, tis the best of flesh. But few know what the Einhrirs eat. So it's a little tricky to say. <laughs> As I was saying before, the warriors would ride their steeds to the courtyard and fight against one another, repeating the feats of what they were famed for on earth. They could recklessly deal horrible wounds, inflict a bunch of pain amongst each other, and they would heal super quick. So here's a poem called Vathrudni's Mal. Uh, it was by W. Taylor's translation. It's kind of an interesting one here. And the chosen guests of Odin daily ply the trade of war. From the fields of festal fight, swift they ride in gleaming arms and gaily at the board of gods. Quaff the cup of sparkling ale and eat Serimnir's vaunted flesh. They were extremely happy in Valhalla. At the sound of a horn, all was forgiven, and everybody was all back to normal. There were no grudges held or anything for reenacting their famed feats. Sometimes they would drink from the skulls of their enemies, 
and the scouts sang of war and stirring Viking forays. So in reward for their devotion to Odin, he would give them gifts, a magic sword, a spear, a horse, and making them invincible until their last hour had come. He himself would appear to claim and destroy the gift he had bestowed, and the Valkyrs bore the heroes to Valhalla. He gave Hermund a helm and corslet, and from Sigmund a sword received. It's from the poem Lay of Hindla, Thorpe's translation. So now, I'm a huge fan of horses, and I feel like this would kind of be cool to see. Odin had a horse, and it was an eight-footed steed he called Sleipnir. He usually would ride him into war. Odin, as wind god, he was pictured as rushing through mid-air on his eight-footed steed, from which originated the oldest northern riddle, which runs as followed. Who are the two who ride to the thing? Three eyes have they together, ten feet, and one tail, and thus they travel through the lands. So this poem is from The Wild Huntsman. It's by Miss Hemans. The Rhine flows bright, but the waves are long. Must hear a voice of war, and a clash of spears are hills among, and a trumpet from afar, and the brave on a bloody turf must lie, for the huntsman hath gone by. As I'm reading this, Odin was the leader of all disembodied spirits. He was identified in the Middle Ages with the Pied Piper of Hemlin. According to medieval legend, Hemlin was so infested by rats that life became unbearable and a large reward was offered to any who rid the town of rodents. Now, we all know the story and what happens in the story of the Pied Piper. It's interesting that Odin has something to do with the legends of the Pied Piper. I wasn't really expecting that. Interesting. In this myth, Odin is the Piper. The shrill tones of the flute are emblematic of the whistling wind, and the rats represent the souls of the dead, which cheerfully follow him, and the hollow mountain into which he leads the children is typical of the grave. So it's kind of a chilling story. <laughs> I guess in, in parts of Germany, Odin was considered to be Identical with the Saxon god Ermin, whose statue, the Erminsul, near Paderborn, 
was destroyed by Charlemagne in 772. Ermin was said to possess a ponderous brazen chariot in which he rode across the sky along the path which we knew as the Milky Way, but which the ancient Germans designed as Ermin's Way. Interesting. So earlier today, I was kind of thinking about Odin and how people today that aren't following along with the Norse pagan, uh, Norse, I don't want to call it mythology because it's kind of like, it's also a part of a religion, which is Norse paganism. I'm having a hard time understanding why Marvel would put in there that Loki is Odin's son when they both are born from different parents. Um, it's a little confusing because Loki is not Odin's son. And uh, now there's just this big misconception that Odin is Loki's father, and that's not the case at all. Um, <laughs> I've also recently saw that some people think that Odin is Santa Claus, and that's not true. So, I mean, I think it's kind of odd that that comes about. All this information that I'm talking about it all comes from tales of Norse mythology, and the book is written by Helen A. Gerber. Uh, it's the leather-bound edition, and it's a beautiful book. And I'm not going to say that she's wrong completely, but I think that this is basically just her take on the stories that she's read about these gods and goddesses. So if you're interested, I got this book from Amazon and I will have a link in the description that you can check it out. It really is a beautiful book. The leather bound edition is gorgeous. So I will put the link in the description and you definitely will have to check it out. So this book doesn't just talk about Odin, obviously. It talks about many other gods and goddesses. And it kind of, it tells some stories. And it shares poems as well. It's definitely something to look into if you're first learning about the Norse history or mythology is what it says. So yeah, um... Thank you so much for listening, and let me know in the comments if you have any questions or if there's some topic that you want me to talk about uh, as far as Norse paganism goes. And uh, I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast, and it's given you a little bit of light on Odin. And just follow me here for more awesome stories. Thank you so much.